0: Hi and welcome to Black on the Mat, the space where culture, community, and yoga intersect through our lived experiences. We're your hosts, I'm Danielle. And I'm
1: Seisha. Join us on this journey to bring representation and shed light on often overlooked stories on the yoga mat.
0: We're creating an accessible roadmap into yoga for black people, building a community in this predominantly white space.
1: And letting folks already into yoga know that we're here.
0: Well, thank you guys both for coming on the show today with us. We are super excited to talk about the male perspective in yoga. But before we get started, I would love for one of you or both of you to just kick it off and just give us more information about who you are. It looks like, Marcus, you're like getting ready. So why don't you just kick it off and tell us a little bit about you?
2: Station Danielle, thank you again for having me. My name is Marcus Stanback, the founder of Daily Growth Yoga Um, I am a local yoga instructor here in Baltimore, Maryland. I was born and raised here and basically started practicing yoga here because I didn't see enough representation for Black men in the yoga space. Um, And that was my inspiration for becoming a teacher and being able to offer accessible yoga to more Black people.
0: Love that. And Clyde, what about you? In warm Florida of 70 degrees.
3: I am in the frigid. (laughs) 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 Keep going. <laughs> um, I'm Clyde. Uh, I might go by Champion Yogi, uh, which is a breakdown of my name: um, C dot Yogi. Actually, the first time I heard it as Champion Yogi was someone said it to me. I never intended it for it to be that <laughs> thing, so that was actually quite interesting. I'm um, two hundred and no, I'm sorry, three hundred and thirty hours. Certified and Vinyasa Yoga, Hatha Yoga, and Acro Yoga, um, beginners Acro Yoga, and um, right now we're growing this brand to turn it into worldwide retreats all over the world. We want to teach yoga to the people right here, but take them over there and do <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> I love that. So I know Marcus, you mentioned you got it started into yoga because you didn't see anyone around you but like what was your journey like how was it even getting started what drew you fully to yoga and same thing with Clyde as well
2: so the thing that drew me I think like initially I just had a friend who saw me getting back into fitness and in the movement and I was seeking like something that would ultimately align with like a spiritual practice because I was like looking for something intentional I didn't just want the average you know personal trainer workout or gym workout. And my friend was like, hey, bro, you might want to try this yoga video. It was challenging, but it was like, it was different. It might be kind of something you would enjoy. (laughs) Found this yoga video on YouTube, called myself doing the intermediate class because I'm like, yeah, I'm fit. I'm in shape. I was a D1 college athlete. And 20 minutes into a 45-minute intermediate class, I paused the video on YouTube, dripping in sweat, looked down at this $20 yoga mat I just bought from Target and was like, hey, yo, what did I just get myself into? (laughs) And from there, I realized like, oh, between the attention to the breath, the intentionality of the movement and how aware I was of like my being in my body from that first experience. I was like, yeah, this is absolutely different. Um, I've been an athlete my whole life. I'm 25 years old. What is this? I need more. I need to know. And that was like the start of my experience. First time I ever practiced yoga. That was in January of 2016. From there. I basically explored YouTube yoga for a while, went out to California, started practicing hot yoga, moved to California, worked at the hot yoga studio, practiced every day for a while um, and developed my own personal practice. That practice I brought back to Baltimore for a bit, was kind of looking for a teacher, looking for a teacher training, spent 2017 trying to find a teacher, didn't really align with anything over here until I went to Portland towards the end of the year and found the studio where I ultimately did a 200 and 300 hour training. So I've done 500 hours plus more than that, but I started off with 500 hours of training and I did it back to back 2017, 2018, 200 hour, 300 hour training. And I basically did that because I didn't see any other teachers who were teaching in a way that would automatically induce that same attention to breath, awareness and movement that I felt the first time I got on a yoga mat. I said to myself, I want to be able to communicate and translate that experience to more people from my community to really help them like. Feel themselves like, feel what it's like to be alive, feel what it's like to breathe, feel what it's like to be aware of what you're doing.
1: Absolutely. That's beautiful. And I just mentioned to Clyde recently after a review I saw of your teaching that your styles that you developed somehow are also fairly similar. Can you tell us about your journey
3: here? Um, so I was basically uh, kidnapped and dragged into yoga. Not I it kidnapped. wasn't my choice at all, to be honest with you. I was um I'm I've always been an athlete, similar to Marcus. Like it's like being being in sports, being an athlete is I think something that naturally is is handed to you when you grow up in a bad neighborhood. Um it's something that if your parents want you to try to stay away from trouble, usually sports is the only out outlet to go that you can still be around, you know, young men your own age and have that camaraderie. Other than that, it's going to be trouble. It's going to be something that sends you down the wrong path. So sports has always been a part of my life. Um, and so the gym has always been a part of my life. So just training and working out is always something that I find fun and releasing and relaxing. And, um, one day I saw this guy in the gym, he was doing handstand pushups and I was like, man, I want to be able to do handstand pushups. That's crazy. So, um, I naturally tried to start teaching myself how to do handstands, um, which I got to a space where I could have my feet in the air. Um, but I felt like there was more. Right? I felt like I didn't really understand it. And I'm, I'm, I've very much been a student my entire life. I love learning stuff, just different things. I always love learning. So um, I started reaching out to gymnasts and trying to get some feedback about what I could be doing to make my handstands better. Um, And after going back and forth to some of them, there's like, bro, your shoulders are just so tight. Like, what what are you doing with your shoulders? I was like, you know, shoulder press. I do (laughs) some of this, some of that. Right. And so, um, they were like, yeah, man, you need to get into yoga. You need to do more yoga. So then I started trying to do yoga, but like for my shoulders, not necessarily the whole thing. I just wanted to get more flexible in my shoulders. But then as I started talking to yogis, it was like, nah, but now it's your hips and it's your spine and it's your neck and it's your feet and it's your ankles. And the whole thing just needs to be redone. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, like um, it, it was just a different lifestyle for me and it was a different thing to get into. But once I got into it, I really started to notice the difference in my body. Like, like, you know, being in the gym, it does feel good. I'm not going to deny it feels good to be in and be able to lift a lot of weight and do that kind of stuff. But like yoga really exposes you to all of the movements in your body. And then really what's been happening to you? What have you actually been doing with the trauma of lifting so much weight all the time, like pushing yourself to those levels of extension all the time? So Um, that's really what got me into it is it really like started to show me what we're doing to our bodies. And like, I want to help like other people from my community understand, like, this is what's actually happening to your body. So, and there's so many ways to be strong with like more free range of movements and stuff like that. So I really appreciate yoga for helping me understand. I get to learn so much about how my body moves and about how other bodies move. And so other ways of learning how to strengthen your body and still be strong and still push yourself to those limits, but safer for your body instead of just exposing yourself to the trauma of constantly lifting weights. Mm. Um, So that's what I take from yoga. It just, I really didn't want to do this. It never was an intention of mine, but the more I got closer to it, the more I started realizing how much it could offer me of a person who I am. And now at this point, I just really love the fact that you don't need anything. Like being a gym rat my whole life, you always need a gym and a bench press and this and the weights. And like with yoga, you don't need anything. You don't need a mat. You don't need, are you, if you have space and you have time, you are good. You can go right now. You can get the whole thing done. You can get stronger, faster, all those things from yoga, and you don't need anything. So I like the freedom of it that I can just take it with me everywhere I go.
0: I love that. You were mentioning earlier about the strength and like the, you know, needing that strength and that being strong. We talk about as black women, like we always have to be strong, but as black men, you're always told like you need to be strong You need to show that masculinity. How have you reconciled that traditional black masculinity with the vulnerability and openness of yoga? How has that shown up in your
3: life? Uh, for me, you know, I, I would say like it growing up, you kind of have to put on this image of being strong. And you have to, like, coming from a bad neighborhood, it can't just be an image, right? You got to stand behind that image of being strong at the same time. But you have to have the image as well. You have to let everybody know, hey, I'm one of the strong ones. Don't come over here and test me. And so, um, like, yoga, I feel like it gives you the space because you know you are strong, because you mm-hmm. need to walk with confidence and be strong, and you don't feel the need to project that so much because you're not trying to intimidate anybody anymore right? I don't want to feel like when I'm walking into a space that I'm projecting something that pushes everybody away um, anymore. And so like, I don't need to be strong if I don't need to be strong. But in the space when I need to be strong, if you know you have that physical strength from your yoga practice, but you also know you have a good emotional strength, like you don't feel intimidated by other people's thoughts and opinions of you. But like when you just grow up and all you know is lift weights and be strong, like constant tests, From your outside sources, you know, the authorities and everybody's constantly testing you and you don't know another way to defend yourself other than to show strength, you know, get big like the bear and growl at everybody. But like yoga just kind of teaches you that you don't have to do that. Like I can use my intellect in situations I need to use my intellect. I can use my physicality. I can use my emotions in situations when Mm -hmm. I need to use my emotion. Be so much stronger in other ways that I don't want to need to project to anybody to push anybody back. Mm
2: -hmm. And I would like, I would agree one hundred percent. Because like coming from the city I grew up in, mostly I would say Baltimore is a space that is like similar to Class A. Like the the neighborhoods here, whether your neighborhood was bad or not, the city itself, traveling through the city, you are gonna come in contact with that at some point or another. So you might come from that nice little cool cul de sac neighborhood, and on your way to school. You got to go through the hood. So it's like, when you going through the hood as a kid, like I remember the first time I almost got my bike stolen, I recognize, like, it don't matter how nice my mama's house is. (laughs) It don't matter how we always got food on the the stove. That don't matter. I still live somewhere where I'm going to have to deal with this. So I need that perspective to be from outside looking into me like, yo, there's a foundation there that actually we don't want to bother that. Like that's actually solid and stable enough that I don't want to bother that. And for me, Sports and athletics was the way that I proved that for a long time. And that was the reason like I, I established myself as somebody to be left alone. Yoga was what taught me how to get into the most vulnerable side of that strength and show like, actually, leave me alone because I'm willing to be deep more deeply emotional than you're even ready to get into. Like The social media response I get now from doing something like a nude yoga practice as a black man, that's actually the thing that shows people like, oh, bro, he really don't give up. Like, he really not worried about us. We're going to say all all the jokes, all the comments. We got a million things to say every time we see this. And this man has been doing it consistently for four or five years. Yoga gave me the confidence to understand that my mission is not to be understood by everybody. Hmm. But instead, it's a path that has been ordained for me to be walked, to guide myself down. And the people who are supposed to benefit from it, they're going to see me and be like, oh, we've been looking for him. We've been looking for that. And they will know. And the, the rest of them will be able to see as an example, like, oh, wow, I can really have crazy ass and ambitious dreams and follow them and it might work out. I'm like, that's the example that I'm saying. So I needed the softness to be able to say, like, hey, I'm going to be vulnerable with y'all and share my real dreams for my life and the world with y'all as a community, as my career, like me being a yoga teacher is me literally being vulnerable enough to say I actually care enough about people to do this type of work for my whole life. So that that was the part for me where it was like, you know, being strong as a man for me used to be like, oh, you got to make a certain amount of money with your career. You got to have a certain level of impact. You have to have people remember you in a certain way as this type of thing. And yoga allowed me to release that and say, do the work. Let them remember you for the work and nothing else. Don't be attached to anybody considering your money as a level of the type of man you are or the size of your house is a level of the type of man you are like these are not the things that actually matter to you so why do you care what they think about them
0: i know from my perspective as a black woman going into these whiter spaces called yoga and wellness i've experienced my challenges and i couldn't imagine what challenges you guys may have faced as being men but just also being black men like when you first showed up and rolled in Were people like, hey, we love you, kumbaya, or did you have to?
2: (laughs) No. No, they weren't. No. And Clyde, were you about to be nice about this? I hope not, because no, they weren't.
3: Um, No, I feel like, I feel like in a way, yes, they were, but it was like, it was like, because I know I'm supposed to. I don't want to exactly. get in trouble by the media to say exactly. the wrong thing. So like, hey, listen, I'm not racist. I welcome you into this space, okay? I have a Black friend. <laughs> as well. <And> that's well. <laughs> right? I so I really feel you. like it. I don't feel like they were just out, out, outwardly like that, but I do feel like my presence had an impact as opposed to, other people walking in it was just like oh and that's another person oh oh, and there's a black guy <laughs> and, and
2: that's exactly why i said no because in wellness the thing that gets overlooked and not talked about enough is that it is also traumatic to walk into a wellness space and be identified in that way even if it's not somebody saying oh you don't belong here saying it out loud their recognition that they're surprised that you're there that is a different response from anybody else walking through the door is still jarring and traumatic, especially for an aware person. If I'd never practiced yoga before, maybe I wouldn't have noticed. But because I had my own practice, when I started going into white fronting well, like front yoga studios, I noticed several times how I was received. That's why I looked at studios for a year before I chose to to do a training ad. Now, the training I went through was under white people. I needed the white people who made me feel comfortable when I walked in the Like, I literally was looking for the people who were like, yo, practice first, skin color second, at least. And I'm like, you're going to see that I'm a black man. You know that there's not many of us. I need the one who who is excited to welcome more black men into this community. Not the person who's like, oh, I guess we got to accept that he's here. Because accepting that I'm here is not the same as accepting me into the community. Especially not when we talk about training and learning under somebody. Like, you tolerating me is not good enough for me to learn under you. That's where I was at with it. So the reason I gave a strong no, the first few studios I walked into, I was being tolerated for sure. And cordially tolerated too. Like if if I was a less aware person, I would have told you that they liked me. They didn't though. They needed to like me. They needed to look like they liked me. They needed to show that they were okay with the perception of liking me. So honestly, I would say, there's a lot of manipulation around that because studios and the industry itself knows that they do not accept black men in general and in totality so when we do walk into a studio the response we get is very performative
3: yeah and it's i I, I definitely agree i definitely agree that's that's how it comes off for real and it's just like you don't really know what what to do about it because like I also understand the fact that, like, I accept the role of someone who is kind of like paving the way for something to be a thing, right? And so I, I also try to hold a little bit of grace to the fact that, as as Marcus said in the beginning of this, he hadn't seen any black men in the yoga teacher space, right? So neither have they, right? Mm -hmm. So like, if just there are none, if there are none, so if we're the first ones you're going to have your brain as a human, you have to make some kind of judgment about this thing standing in front of me. And your judgment is your judgment. So I have to be, extra good you know like this unfortunately is a thing of being a black person but i got to be an extra great yoga teacher to create the space to say no black man i know this one black guy i know he's a great teacher right so then that's the perspective now the next time that person sees a black man as a yoga teacher or what they pass down to their knowledge to their children is like no i knew one and he was great right and so that's a, a mantle that unfortunately we have to carry when we walk into these spaces for the first time uh it's it's not fair but it's it's the way that it is i am creating your understanding of what it's like to be taught by a black man you've never had this experience before so like i am your experience i
0: pose this question person. to all of you guys because we all experience this like yeah it's not fair but how does that make you feel knowing that you're having like how do you feel personally going through all this stuff are you mad are you angry like it's good to be like, oh, I can brush it off, but like, don't, how do, how do you feel? Any of you?
2: It was a myriad of emotions for sure. A lot. And it, it starts off, for me, I'll, I have a quick answer. It started off as anger. And in the myriad of emotions, it went from anger to eventually landing on being extremely proud that I've been gifted the opportunity. Um, but it started off as anger for the fact that this type of work still had to be done. I was extremely angry. Um, you know, we, we live in a country that talks a lot about how racist it isn't. So for this to be the perception in the literal industry of wellness, that says it is about the well being of humans. I found it really hard to comprehend that there was this grand misunderstanding in this practice that yoga doesn't leave anything out. So I'm like, if it got left out, it was the humans.
1: Absolutely. Um, and I agree completely. I feel like the problem that I felt, <laughs> that I felt um, as starting teaching is not only walking in as a brown person, but also like as walking in as a larger person, people look at me like, okay, mm-mm, weight watchers is over there. Why are you even, Um, and it's like, oh no, I'm here to lead this class. I'm here to teach y'all something. <laughs> Um, and the concept, so being seen and being acknowledged as like, no, 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 ain't no way in hell you're supposed to be here. You know, um, when you walk in, like you said, is the, the judgment immediately, the block immediately. So like, it's hard to see that and face that, um, which was, I think for all of us, a, and now like a driving force of like, this is exactly why I need to be here. This is exactly why I need to be doing this. So it is that that anger, but that also morphs into like purpose.
3: Um, And like I, a lot of times I just try to see it as, mm-hmm. I'm fortunate enough to have the opportunity. Um, There hasn't been those before me because there wasn't a space that was allowed for them to be in. Um, So I'm fortunate to be alive in a time when I do have the opportunity. And and I'm fortunate that I have the motivation and the drive to do it and to push go through it. Um, I haven't really had to face. I don't want to say make it seem like I'm facing the type of adversity that, you know, like Martin Luther King was facing. I haven't had a sit in or nobody's been in my class with a fire hose spraying people. So I haven't had to go through such such horrible things. Right. But like, you know, when you're dealing in this space, it is just it's a thing to be seen and to understand that this is the image that walks into the door and you all have a thought process about me that's probably 100% inaccurate about who I am just because I just walked in <laughs> and other people get to walk in and you'll just wait to hear who this person is, right? Um, so and
2: That's the angering piece for me. The angering piece for me is that when a white teacher walks in the classroom, they could be a brand new face you've never seen them before and you will wait to hear what comes out of their mouth before you make your decision. When we walk in, a lot of decisions get made before we open our mouth. And then at the end of those classes, Sasha Clyde, I know y'all can speak to this because I know y'all's teaching styles. People walk out of that class wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, and surprised that they had such a powerful experience. And that can sometimes be like, that is the part that's like, I'm angrily offended <laughs> Also, very ecstatically pleased <laughs> because I'm offended that you're so surprised that you had.
3: So
2: <laughs> what did you expect? I told you 500 hours of training. He told you 330 hours of training. <laughs> she told you building this brand for five years. What did y'all expect?
0: Right. They right. don't expect. That's the thing. It's like I had a class I taught today, and we're doing this whole monthly theme on the guru. And I've been changing the gurus around. The last week it was the guru was the challenge and difficulties and pain. This week it was looking at the planet. And I had a girl come out, walk out the class. Like, I'm just so like, I don't know. I really resonate with your Dharma talks. And she sounded so surprised. Like, like how did you know about these things? I'm like, you know, I'm smart too black people are smart. We <laughs> have knowledge too. I know. Like, don't tell the people. Don't tell the world. I, didn't I know. Just it's walk in and they secret. let me teach. <laughs> but like, I want to understand from you guys: How do you incorporate your perspective as a black man into your yoga practices and into your teaching, or into your your culture as a man and as you know, as a as a yeah, both men and and as a black person.
3: Um. Hmm. I like. I I do try to make sure that um, one that I I I speak to the fact that like quite often someone will say something about the the Hindu practice of yoga and stuff like that, and I I, I definitely make sure I remind people that. So the earliest version of yoga that we know about is on the pyramid walls, and this is in Africa. So um, I'm gonna go ahead and walk away from this Hindu comment. We're gonna speak African because. That's, that's the earliest known. Now, if you have an earlier known version that we haven't heard of, feel, feel free to let me know. But the earliest known writings of yoga is in the pyramids of Africa. So do people Africa. get upset when you kind of go there? Do they be like, yeah, no. absolutely. Because like, if we're going to have a conversation, if you're trying to talk to me about honoring the way that yoga was created, then let's talk about where it was created, right? We can't, You you're trying to honor your the space and time and history that you want to honor. And that's fine, but that's not where it was created. So what are we talking about? You want to do it your way or you want to do it the way that it was created because I'm, I'm ready to have either conversation. I just need to know which conversation are we having, but you can't say one in both. It started where it started. And we don't know where it started. I'm just saying the earliest known writings is in the pyramids of Africa. If you have earlier ones, let me know. I'm ready to learn but as far as the pyramids what's older than that (laughs) you know what i mean so like (laughs) so
2: i mean i think i do a lot of mentioning of like the historical piece um one thing that i do that's a little bit more like modern i think and i say modern just because i hadn't seen anybody doing it like in the same way but i saw some people who inspired me to do it um that are doing like versions of this I teach like myself, man. I teach, like I I literally say at the beginning or end of my class sometimes, y'all, I am a Baltimore nigga first, Yogi second. And I say it just like that. And it's because that resonates for a Black man from any inner city in America a little differently than Om Namaste. It just does. When you hear me say, yo, I'm a Baltimore nigga first and a Yogi second, they be like, like I literally watch them, hey, yo. Did he just say it's a okay? Bro, what else you got to say? So, and then the other thing is like I talk to my yoga students, like I'm talking to y'all right now. Like, I use Baltimore slang, it's gonna be all the twos and dudes and A Yos and Chill Out Chill, all right, sure, like all of that. Like I literally be in yoga class, somebody like getting their headstand, their headstand getting tight. I'm like, all right, sure, see you get yeah. like I I hype people the way we hype people. I'm not gonna make it professionally or corporately appropriate or politically correct that's not what i'm here for i quit a corporate job so i ain't had to do all that <laughs> I Thanks. that feel like they're for black men and black people because they hear a black man's voice cheering them on the way they uncle do the way they brother would the way their best friend would come hollering the way they man would be like supporting them yes you need to hear it and feel it like that because when i sound like your uncle or your dad or your brother that's when you feel fully comfortable and safe to fully explore the practice that's when you feel like oh i'm supposed to be in this class with him because this feel like my folks
0: i love that like what are you what are your hopes for the black community and yoga like how do you hope yoga can enhance connect the black community
2: reclamation Reclamation. The practice started as far as like, like Clyde just mentioned, the earliest to dating like records of the practice come from Africa. So the practice started with people that look, live, feel, vibrate and operate like we do. So this is a practice that we should be reclaiming. It's one of those things that we lost, you know, over the years of, of time that we've been removed from the things that have kept us in functional communities, able to build empires and and communities. Like, we've been doing this for a long time, y'all, and yoga was around. when We was building some of the greatest stuff known to man that still exists today. There's a reason that yoga is on the walls of some of the greatest structures we know to exist. My hope is that we can all recognize and realize, like, hey, the people who built the coolest shit that all of us have ever seen did yoga, and they were Black. So if we start doing more yoga, we might return or rediscover that we are in fact the coolest beings to have ever existed on this planet we might remember that even through the trauma of slavery we are still like the hottest living things out here
1: um well with that said what advice would both of you give to other men men or black men that are interested in yoga but hesitant to start
3: Um, my, my advice would be like, most of the time you're hesitant to start yoga because of the image that you have in your head of what yoga is. And if you just understand that yoga fits into your life, the way that you want it to fit into your life, instead of you fitting into yoga, the way that you think you're supposed to fit into yoga, then it becomes what you need, whatever you need it to be. And so you should start in the way that it's calling out to you. Right. um, Like there's just so many people who think, well, I can't stretch like that and I can't be flexible like that. Right. But so you could do like a whole you could come to one of my classes and we might not get stretchy at all, but it's going to be a class. Right. So that's not always the case. And like I was just showcasing the other day to a, to a guy that I know he just came home from prison. A couple of years ago, he came over of prison a couple of years ago, but he still has kept up the way that he worked out in prison. He does the burpees the same way. And I was showing him the other day. I was like, yo, you know, burpees and sun salutations, they really have a lot in common. If you look at them right next to each other, like it's really just another form of yoga. And if you start doing those burpees, but understand what's going on in your body and understand the alignment that should be happening, they'll become more efficient for you and help out your body a whole lot better. A lot of the things that we do in our community, like how we slouch like this, and we have these problems and stuff, is because we've gotten so far away from a physical movement into our lifestyle. And understanding like all the different levels of yoga like no matter who you are and no matter like what you need you can get a little bit of movement from yoga that will really help you just be stronger and just sit up proper, so you don't have back problems and you know have your head high when you walk into the room like walk in tall and walk proudly those type of things will come to you with just a like a yoga practice that is fitted and suited for you you know what i mean but trying to implement yourself into an image that you don't see yourself in mm. is not a good idea
0: I don't think Marcus agrees with you.
2: <laughs> I actually, I rarely have nothing to add, but no further questions, Your Honor. <laughs> yeah, it's really that though. Like that's part, I, and I think I, I, I will add this one thing. I think that's why Clyde and I exist as black male teachers in the way that we do, so that the representation is extremely clear. Like. When you watch Clyde's videos, you don't see the same thing you see when you see the white girls on the beach in a bikini doing yoga. You just don't. You don't. You don't even see the same thing you see when you see Seisha's videos. Like Seisha's videos are more like, you know, it's a little more slow and there's some some more like flowiness to it. Clyde's videos is like, yo, is this a personal training video sometimes? And he's doing (laughs) that because he's like, yo, if a man watches this, he should be able to see this cadence of movement, this style of movement will fit for him, will work for him. And I do the same thing. Technical Tuesday is a ploy to get men to realize that I can teach them. Mm-hmm. I don't say that that often because I don't want to give the sauce away and make them feel like I'm targeting them. But I am. Like, I know the women who are deeply technical and they practice come and like technical Tuesday. It's for men because mm-hmm. men see technical Tuesday like, oh, this is a logical breakdown. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you taught me how to. Do- okay, I see you, bro. Mm-hmm. Let me. Oh, so you mean I can use that when I'm squatting 200 pounds, too? Yes. Oh, so I can use that when I'm on a bench press, too? Yeah. I can do that when I'm doing my 100 push. Yes. Now what?
1: I love that. I love that you want this to be a transferable skill. You want to see it. You want to make it applicable. That was one thing that drove me as a certified special ed teacher, as well as as a yoga teacher. I want to make this applicable for you. I wanted to make it useful. And that's why we're doing this, why we want to find, create access and community around it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think we need to end this with telling us exactly where to find you, where to support you, where to travel with you, what you got.
0: (laughs) We're gonna get nude with you. Hey. <laughs> I mean, not oh. in, a, in a yoga way. I'm letting
2: Marcus go first, That am, my comment know? does not make sense.
1: <laughs> but hey, you know, whatever.
2: The funny thing is I got more opportunities for that than you probably would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. So. <laughs> For me, there's lots of things going on. Um, There are already three or four retreats planned for next year, including a nap retreat in January, a retreat to Jamaica in February, a retreat to Costa Rica later on in the year, and a nude, N-U-D-E, AKA naked, uh, a nudist retreat also planned for next year. So those are the four that are already planned, being planned and somewhat planned for next year. Um, To find information on any of my retreats, events, uh, whether it's camping, Yoga retreat, or just to pull up on a class, you can check my website dailygrowthyoga.com. Spelled as it is daily, D A I O L, growth, G R O W T H, yoga. You know how to spell yoga, I hope, if you're here by now. It's on, it's on, if you don't. So dailygrowthyoga.com that's the easiest way to find me on the internet and find the links to all the things if you haven't followed me on instagram at daily growth yoga that would be the place to find me for just general information to connect with me hear my voice see what i'll be talking about see what i'll be teaching about to maybe decipher if i might be somebody you would like to connect to through one of these events or retreats
3: and i am champion yogi everywhere champion yoga at squarespace on instagram on facebook on tiktok on YouTube, all the spaces. So, like, just just look it up. Find me. Reach out to me. Have a conversation with me. I I I am aware now that I am intimidating, and I apologize. But I am not. <laughs> you can message me. I absolutely talk to people all the time. I don't just lash out at people and start fighting people whenever you just jump in my DMs. That's not real. <laughs> yeah. You know, what. Oh, why are you so intimidated by it? I don't I- know, man. I don't know. I don't know if it's something I do. And I listen, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be. I promise you, I just talk like normal people. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. I promise you. I haven't been in a fight in years. I don't want to fight no one. <laughs> Not in years. Now,
0: you forgot another place. Don't you have a another outlet that you do with another person that may be sitting right next to you.
1: Yes. Um, so collectively we are a black love Asana. We are demonstrating and sharing our love, our love of movement and how that has brought us together. The way um we grow together as a couple and things that are going on in our lives. Um. We have workshops and retreats and things like that coming. Um, and all of that information can definitely be found on my website, on uh, your website, everywhere. We've got all the links, you can follow them. They're also down below, of course.
3: I absolutely think the most special thing about Black Lavasana is like how we remain independent. Um, like we've we've intertwined our lives so much, but like when you look at her practice and the way that she teaches and the things that she's passionate about. They're just not necessarily the same things that I'm talking about or the same way that I do it. And so I, again, it's one of the things that I love about yoga is that this does not have to fit any way, shape or form. It works for you. You don't work to be a part of yoga. Yoga is exactly what you need it to be. And so I love the fact that she can teach it in her own way. And like that we encourage each other to be our own way. As Marcus said earlier, I've taught him things, but he's also taught me a lot of things about like things that I've added to my classes, the way that I do things, the way that I teach things and stuff like that. Like, it's great to have that community to be able to bounce ideas off of and say, this is kind of how I'm seeing this. What do you think? And to be able to, like, have somebody that I trust that I can say, I'm gonna ask you because I know you're gonna give me good information because I know you do your research. I know you do the work, right? So people that I can trust and not somebody who's just gonna try to answer the question because well I don't wanna seem like I don't know either. So (laughs) like I just can't have those people in my life. I really like to learn stuff. And so, um, you know, people in my circle, like you should expect that I'm going to reach out to you one day to ask, hey, I have a question about how you do something because you look awesome doing it. And I like to learn. And that's that if if I can't learn from you, you don't exist in my circle anyway. So,
0: Well, the world needs all of you. Like We all have Mm -hmm. our own different perspective of how we go about doing this. And we're all about helping our community reconnect and reawake to this beautiful practice that you all mentioned. We're on the walls of some of the greatest places in this world. Thank y'all for being here. Thank you for joining us. And we'll chat with you guys next week. Ciao. Thanks. For- <laughs> Thank you for joining us today on Black on the Mat.
1: Let's continue connecting, sharing our stories, and sowing the benefits of having a yoga practice in your life.
0: Subscribe to Black on the Mat on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube.
1: I'm Sasha and you can find me at Thick Thigh Yoga on all social media platforms and ThickThighYoga.com.
0: I'm Danielle, and you can find me at well with Danielle on IG, YouTube, and HelloWellWithDanielle.com.